You're listening to EVH and Gear TV, brought to you by Design39 Media. Visit design39media.com for all your website, photography, and video production needs. Microphones for EVH and Gear TV are provided by Rode Microphones. An official Van Halen merchandise is provided by vanhalenstore.com. And now, here's your host from Ontario, Canada, EVH artist Eric Broadbent. Hey everyone, it is the weekend. Happy Friday to you all. Welcome to EVH Care TV. We are live once again, and tonight I'm joined by Gear Gods and In Virtue guitarist and singer Trey Xavier. How are you doing, Trey? I'm doing fantastic. Good. Uh, yeah, I love doing stuff like this, so I am very excited. Awesome. We're it's very excited. It's pissing to have you. rain outside. It, it is pissing rain right now in LA, uh, which is a rarity. So I'm excited to be inside where it's warm and uh, not not out getting soaked. I'm kind of enjoying it inside as well, too. Here in Canada, uh, we've had some crazy warm weather the past couple of days. One day you could actually almost go out with like a t-shirt like I'm wearing right now, which is very rare for this time of the year. And then now we got about uh, 20 centimeters of a couple inches of snow overnight. So it's it's yeah. not pleasant either. Yeah. So indoors was nice and warm with our friends and fans and gear freaks. I think we're gonna have a lot of fun. Yeah, I, uh, that's, I mean, the snow is most of why I moved to California in the first place to get the hell away from that. Cause I grew up in Boston. Oh, there you go. In the suburbs. And, uh, you know, it's great. It's, it's great for like a couple days. You're like, yeah. And when it's nice and crunchy, you know, <laughs> like if you're into s- skiing or whatever, but you know, we used to make epic shit out of snow. Like we would like uh you know make giant snowballs like in like massive ones and build forts and stuff yeah and that's cool but as an adult you can't really do that without you know without getting some weird looks and and so uh it loses its charm pretty quick i bet it would i bet it would kids don't have to shovel their cars you know out from the snow so as an adult snow is not the best anyway i agree once once you get past a certain age it's the fun factor is completely gone for sure yeah we've got a bunch of people jumping in the chat we're going to jump over there quite a few times throughout the evening and say hi to our friends and uh, and some of your friends as well too uh make sure they're uh, they're all taken care of and addressed oh, um but what's i good? hope my i hope my friends aren't asking any questions because they'll just they're just going to troll the shit out of me <laughs> <laughs> well we'll have to wait and see we'll have to wait and see we might get the odd one we never know but um let's start off the evening by uh, first of all i want to thank you very much for your time and i think we're gonna have a lot of fun um, but maybe let's look at a little bit of a background on yourself. Uh, how young were you when you started playing guitar and are there other instruments that you, um, you've uh, picked up along the way, but how long uh, or how, when did you start actually? Um, so I started when I was 12. Okay. Um, which is like early enough. Um, but also too late, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, I think most of the, like the greats, start off early enough that it's like really ingrained in them as a person mm-hmm. um for me uh 12 was uh, still a very formative time you know I, I i didn't know really what it was that i wanted to do then um i just picked it up i picked it up for kind of a weird reason actually i started playing the guitar because i went to like, like a sleepaway camp mm-hmm Actually, it was Wilderness Survival Camp. No joke. That was a thing that I was into, which is kind of funny if you see me now because I never go outside. Um, <laughs> but I was, um, yeah, you know, we'd have these campfires every night. And it seemed like all the kids, they would bust out all the acoustic guitar and be strumming some chords. And I thought it was fucking wizard magic. Like, I was like, what? What? How do you do that? 
And it seemed like all the kids could play a little bit of something except for me. So I was like, got to do it. Like, I got to learn. So I started taking lessons. And and here I am um, an uncomfortable number of years later, <laughs> still hopelessly addicted. Um, and so let's see. I guess I have been playing guitar now for almost 22 years okay which is terrifying especially because i should probably be a lot better at it that's uh you know it's it's tough these days with everything i'm doing to like really get like some serious practice time in and not just like picking it up because it's time to shoot a review or write a song or something like that you know yeah well, you say you started at 12, which is my boy's age. He'll be at 12 next week. I don't think there's any real right or wrong. Now, you know, you talk about the greats like your Jason Beckers and, you know, the Paul Gilberts and the Eddie Van Halens and all these, you know, all the masters. Uh, they all start sometimes young, sometimes a little bit older, but it's whether or not you've done well since then. So maybe you got a slightly um, uh, later start. I think I was even a little older than you when I really got into it. Um, but as long as you are, have done something with it since then, which I think you have, and we'll talk more about your playing throughout the evening as well with your bands and things like that as well too. But I think it's what you've done with it. And here's a question for you. Okay. So, you know, you say you want to be better. Are, don't you find there's days and this isn't to, this isn't to stroke your ego and for you to stroke your ego either, but just to say like, are you happy some days if you sit down and you play, I'm sure you have days where you're mad at your playing, but I'm sure you have days where you enjoy what you're doing. So you can't go wrong if you're happy with your playing. That's correct. Yeah. And I, so I feel like for, for myself, mm -hmm. um, I would like to get a lot better at the guitar. Um, but I'm actually kind of okay with where I'm at right now, only because what's become most important to me as a musician overall is good songwriting. Mm -hmm. And, um, although the stuff that I like to listen to a lot of the time has very flashy and technical, um, sort of, um, playing, I find myself gravitating a lot more towards just solid, hooky, well-crafted songs that also have a cool guitar solo in it. So that's kind of what I go for more than anything else. I'm using the guitar, um, to try and to write songs and make just big sexy hooks yeah. uh, that are just guitar based and then also have a little bit of pyrotechnics um, just because that's something that I love to do. So I'm not really like, it's not like I'm making like an instrumental shred record yeah. where I have to be on point for, you know, the whole time. Uh, the, the whole time. Um, like I, so we just played a show, um, I think probably two weeks ago now. Um, and I realized that I really only had two solos, two proper guitar solos in the whole set, I think. And I wasn't really that bummed about it. That's I think good. maybe because I'm also singing now, which is kind of a new thing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't really bummed out, man, 10 years ago. I would have been like, come on, where's the rest of the solos? Yeah, that shows maturity, though. You know? It does shows maturity. But when you're not bummed that you're not playing guitar solos, 
it's the, you're more focused on what's going on. The songwriting, of course, not being singing, that's another instrument in itself that you have to dedicate, you know, 50% or more of your resources to. But I think it does show maturity and that alone right there, maybe it's not improving you as a guitar player, but it's improving you as a musician to just first and foremost recognize that. I guess so, but it just makes me feel old. <laughs> hey, that's okay though. That's okay. I think a lot of other, if you talk to a lot of seasoned uh, veterans, they'd probably say, you know, you're graduating boy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I guess so. I like that. Um, yeah. The fact that well, uh, it's not all about shredding all these days. I mean, everyone, there's, people can shred, but at the end of the day, I mean, I mean, you can shred um, and you know, a lot of people that can shred. We all watch a lot of people that can shred, but at the end of the day, a lot of it sounds the same as what, what you can do. It's okay. It's, you know, the old, the old Spider-Man cliche, you know, with a great power comes great responsibility, whatever. But I mean, you know, can these, all these people be good songwriters? Can they be good entertainers? Some, sometimes some of these guys can be boring to watch because they just got a bag of tricks, but they've got no emotion. So it's how right. you serve that uh, uh, to everyone. Yeah. Um, that's a great point. And, um, I, you know, I think that a lot of guitar players can be very narrow minded mm -hmm. or mm, not so much narrow minded, just they're not really thinking about all those other things. They're just focusing really, really hard on getting the thing that they're doing really absolutely right. And so they, they just, you know, there's some very notable exceptions. But um, even if you even if you watch like guy uh, dudes like Satriani or Vibe, like mm -hmm. they're great to watch, but they're the pretty much the whole show. The, all of there them. isn't like this uh, over the top spectacular light show or like even really like a big uh, good looking backdrop. Sometimes you know they they don't they haven't really invested in the show as a whole. Mm -hmm. um, I think to a certain extent and I don't know that could that could be a lot of things but I see it a lot in in younger dudes too and I actually just shot a video it's not edited yet mm -hmm. uh, but it's a I, I kind of went on a rant um, it's a vlog a ranty vlog okay and it, I I'm probably gonna call it stop practicing guitar okay and it's which sounds like what? No, don't stop. It's not really. But there are some people that I know that really need to stop practicing the fucking guitar. It's like you have gone so far beyond where you need to be mm -hmm. as you're so already so much better than everybody else. And they're min maxed, you know, like their skill as a guitar player dwarfs everything else in their stats. So it's it like they won't be successful because they don't have all the other requisite skills and they haven't thought about stuff like like putting on a good show mm -hmm. all that kind of marketing and, and i think that's can be even more important um i think of a dude like angel vivaldi mm -hmm. okay um he's he got his skill to where it needed to be and then he focused on putting on the show and i think he puts on the best show of any instrumental guitar player probably ever that i've personally ever seen and in what he's ways would you say incredibly fun to watch he's what you say in what way would you say it was one of the best oh he i mean he's just uh looks like he's having a great time good he does these like like st funny stage move 
move things like little so he'll do a thing where he, one of the texts will come up so he's like doing this like thing with one hand and he like he'll do this and a tech comes up and like does his nail like files his nails oh, while on. he's playing it's out of control he's so good it's it's awesome you know and he'll i don't know if you've ever seen um his most recent full-on music video uh i think the one that was featuring nita strauss he he does this like synchronized dance routine with a bunch of backup dancers okay while he's playing and it's incredible and like who the hell else does that other like, than spinal who... tap you know yeah i can picture nigel tufnell coming out getting his nails done or something like that <laughs> yeah and he's got he's got a couple other bits like that i can't remember I think he does one with like a mirror where he like preens himself in the okay. mirror while he's playing. I don't remember, but I, I just remember leaving the show being like, who's going to top this? I know. You know. In terms of instrumental dudes, like yeah. if you go see Guar, yeah. like yeah, they'll Expect put on that. a way better show than that. Like it's just, it's out of control. Like, mm -hmm. you know, Angel wasn't bringing out fake blood and decapitating people on stage. Um, but, but they're, you know, a bit of comedy uh, thrown into the mix. That's their whole thing. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that's I think that's one of one of many things that people are missing. I like this idea of this video. When do you expect to put this up? Uh, within the next couple of weeks mm. or something like that? Mm -hmm. Well, if you kind of look up here, this is all of this. Yeah, I'm, you're not allowed to read it. Don't look too close. <laughs> okay. Um, it's this is all the these are all the things that I've already shot. Okay. Things that I need to finish, and then all the stuff that I need to shoot. So this is um. Uh, for Gear Gods, the um, I, it's a Sisyphean nightmare um, of that I love. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but you know, shooting a ton of content and then uh, getting it chopped up to put out to the people, and it's time-consuming. Yeah. Um, so I don't know exactly when. It's in there. It's on the list, it's in the which queue. means it's done. Yeah. It's shot. And, you know, so we have a goal um, this year. I'm, uh, I'm kind of reticent to say it out loud. I, I won't give an exact date yet, yeah. but s towards some sometimes in the middle of the year, I'm hoping to um, be putting out close to daily content on our YouTube channel. Nice. We're, um, I'm really ramping it up. I want to be... I want to be a YouTube superstar. There you go. Well, inconsistency. I just want to. I want to do everything that I want to do. If that makes sense. No, you it know? does. Um, I got a lot of ideas, and I'm. I'm not content with, with with my own limitations. Yes. You know, with the limitations of existing on planet Earth. You know, technological limitations. Yeah. Like I want to do want to do it all. So I often say uh, a person's biggest competitor is themselves. So I see mm -hmm. that in yourself. You know, you, the competition is yourself. You're not you're not satisfied with status quo. You want to be doing more and to contribute daily. I would love to do that as well, too. And I just I I don't I don't want to ever say no, because you should never say mm -hmm. no, it's not possible because anything is possible at the moment. That's not possible for me. Uh, I would love to be able to do that as well, too. But um, now I, I don't want you to give away anything that you can't give away and, and any spoilers, but it's just going to be shorter content to be able to um, get it out every day. Is there anything you can elaborate on that? A lot of it is. Yeah. Um, like under 10 minutes. I want to do. Oh, <laughs> is that short? Yeah. 10 minutes is a little bit long for us. Yeah. But 
that's also like most of what we do is pretty carefully edited and you know um our i think most of our reviews clock in at around 10 yep. or between six and 10 minutes depending nice. on what it's a, it is a review of um but we also have a pretty specific format for it so i kind of know how long everything's gonna be mm-hmm. but i'm branching out a bit this year um we're still gonna do tons of reviews i actually have reviews lined up all the way out till October. Wow. Um, right now scheduled. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Nam is pretty good for us. Yeah. Um, in getting stuff for review. So, um, we're, I want to be doing a lot more stuff like those, like the vlogs, um, like, uh, more, more guitar lesson stuff. Mm-hmm. Because I, every time I do some kind of helpful tip, about the guitar it always blows up and it seems people seem to really like it more than anything else um for instance my most popular videos that i've done we have videos on the channel that are more popular but of the ones that i'm in mm-hmm. the most popular ones are um 10 ways to improve your guitar tone for free okay um and 12 different kinds of power chords okay nice so that's that's stuff that I just thought that people could really use that, you know, little little tips. And I know for a fact that so I mean we're talking um I think five hundred thousand views on the tone one wow. and probably close to I think three hundred thousand for the other. And I know for a fact that a lot of people have gotten good solid information and, and use out of these ideas and the reason that i know that is because we did um we did this contest called rigged gear mortals edition okay so P- we do we have a, something called rigged which is where we um seen it on the like website rig video with a band and it's really popular and mm-hmm. so what i did was i was like i want to see i want to see your rig like the the you know people at home mm-hmm. um you know they're, uh, they want to, we want to get like, kind of go in your living room <laughs> as nice. crazy as that sounds. No, I know what you mean. You know, I want to, I want to be there to, I want to see what you're doing. So they, you know, we got people to film their rigs and send it to us. And then we did this reaction video, which is also on our channel now. Um, but I saw three or four people who were like, um, Trey, I, I put foam behind the nut. Oh, I'm tethered. I'll You're show. tethered. Can you reach it? Here we go. Like okay. foam behind the nut to cut out the ring, which is one, which was one of my biggest and most important and for some reason most controversial suggestions. Yeah. I should, you should see the comments that people made about that. Um, why the fuck would you ever put foam? And it was always you could tell it was old people because they called it uh, foam rubber. Okay. Yeah. Put foam rubber behind the nut and kill all your tone. Like okay, Grandpa. Exactly. Did you try it. Yeah. But literally, three or four people were like, "And here's my guitar. I took Trey's advice and I put foam behind the nut, and it was really great." And I'm like, "Boom! That's all I care about, That's you right. know." So I want to do a lot more of that. Um, want to do some more like fun comedy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got man, we shot we shot one. Um, because I love man, I just love uh, I love watching these kinds of videos on other dudes' channels. And I, I know that I've got some to contribute, you know. Uh, I love, like, watching, um, I don't know if you know, Music is Win. Yep. Tyler Larson. Yeah. 
super cool and very funny guy. And I love his stuff. And like Jared Dines and like Rob Scallon, guys like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so we're going to do a little bit more of that kind of stuff, you know? Be fun. And just, just, I want it to be a good, not just guitar humor, but me like music humor. Yeah. Stuff that, stuff that people can really relate to. Mm-hmm. You know, like people, stuff that people think is funny because they're like, oh my God, it's true. Right. I do that all the time, whatever it is. Yeah. So, we're, yeah, we're really, I think, not so much diversifying because we've already done a lot of this kinds of, this kind of thing, but just, um, just making it a little more cohesive and just putting out more of it, you know, so people can really expect, um, a high level of content as well as a high volume of it. Yeah. Because part of it is this. I've been doing this for by about five years now. And like, I have a really high standard for what goes on our channel. So I think I've gotten to a point where I can put out a lot because I know what's good and what isn't. You know, early on, you're like, you don't really know what's going to hit and what's going to Yeah, it's from miss. spaghetti at the wall. Yeah. yeah. But I think I've gotten to a point where I'm pretty sure I know what I want mm-hmm. most of the time. So I feel safe about putting out a lot of stuff. That's good. That makes sense. You know, one thing I like, a couple of takeaways I like about this. Number one, you're talking about the one uh, video series that was successful about, um, you know, tips for improving. And first of all, great keywords, improve free, improve free. Guys see that, young kids, whatever, uh, people that aren't as fortunate with money, you know, okay, I can improve my tone for free or my chops. So that's awesome. That's going to be a huge success. And uh, the fact that adding some humor to it, and I know there's some things out there that are just, they're kind of almost stupid funny, but there's other ones that are funny. And what I what I relate it to school. I'm sure you remember back in school. Um, myself, I use myself as an example. I wasn't a good student. I hated school. You know, I just hated it, and I really wish I could do things over again, but I couldn't. Kind of dropped out of school for a while. Went back to school to get like my high school, you know, GED and all that kind of stuff. And I I discovered a teacher in school. It was my English teacher, but he was funny as heck, and he made like boring like it was English. I ended up majoring in English. And he made it fun. He was funny. And because he was so funny, yet he still cracked the whip and made, made sure you were focused, you learned and it was fun. When, when you're having fun learning and maybe you're laughing in the, in the case of a, you know, a comedic type of a thing, that's going to be a huge success because it just draws people in. Yeah. Yeah. Less work. Yes. I think you'll do that's really well a, with that. That's a great way to look at it. Yeah. Uh, I, I try to use that approach in my... Uh, theory series it's Mm -hmm. called uh, trace theory corner I um, haven't I didn't update it at all last year but I have a lot um, a lot of stuff that I need to say you know yeah (laughs) now I've been building up a lot of ideas so we're gonna shoot more of those for this year Um, but I decided that the way to do it was to um, to have no ego about whether or not I was going to look like an idiot and just do, do whatever it was going to take to make people remember it. And yeah. so like I wrote stupid little songs on the spot about like each interval, for instance. Okay. Um, like, 
like a, this is the sound of a perfect fifth like shit like that and just whatever was going to make people laugh mm-hmm. um and therefore make them remember it of you course know? yeah i think i think part of it is this Pete, like during your normal day okay here's like your mood mm-hmm. right anytime you have a little peak Either way, like if you're really excited about something or really bummed out, um, the more excited or bummed out you are, the more you're going to remember what was happening. It's like it turns on your internal tape recorder Yeah. when you st- when you start to get like that. And so if you're laughing, you're having a good time, it's much more likely that you're going to be remembering something. And you'll remember it for later and you'll remember it to tell other people or whatever so i made an effort to make people laugh for that and i'm hoping i'm hoping that'll that that's helped people as well perfect well that's actually leads me into the next question i was going to ask you about some of your formal training obviously down later in your life you studied at berkeley um which Mm -hmm. obviously has helped you a lot with uh you know your theory uh instruction and things like that as well too but where did you start off originally were you self-taught in the in the get-go or did you have some formal instruction as a kid I so I always took guitar lessons um, from the very beginning, mm-hmm. and while I so I was lucky to have some really good teachers. Just you know, dude at the local store, um, this guy Raymond Gonzalez, mm-hmm. uh, great classical guitar player, folk guy, um, also a singer songwriter, and not not at all metal or rock, but still very well to help me learn that kind of stuff nice and more i think maybe more importantly than anything else the thing that he taught me that stuck with me for the longest time and was the greatest tool that he gave me uh which was how to learn things by ear Mm. you know how to the, the actual process for getting from hearing something to being able to play it just even the uh, trial and error approach mm-hmm. and that's what I did uh, that's what I still do really <laughs> you know you uh, of course this was before YouTube of course and before before really the internet was useful at all <laughs> and I just had this shitty boom box and like I sat down for instance and I learned all of fade to black by Metallica just hitting rewind over and over and over again and like doing you know your training and honestly i kind of feel like that if you can learn to do that you almost i don't want to i don't want to say anything that would discourage someone from pursuing a higher education on their instrument but like i think most of the best guitar players were self-taught at least in the beginning. And I think part of the reason that that's important is because so much of what you do as a musician is teaching yourself. Mm-hmm. Like practicing is kind of teaching yourself. Even if somebody showed you how to do something, they can't sit there and hold your hands and make your fingers go for you. You know, you got it. You just do it. Like if you have a half hour lesson, you need eight hours of playing to get it right. So, um, 
learning things is really handy, but I think people de- develop much more unique styles when they're mostly self-taught. Now, there's a lot of stuff that you can't learn on your own. Of course. Or you, with the kind of resources you have you now, you can, but most people won't. And so going to going to school and having it really doled out to you in a in a bite-sized way or in a useful way uh, can be really helpful. So I went to Berkeley for a year right out of high school. Mm-hmm. So part of the problem for me with formal education of any kind is that I kind of had this expectation of like, oh, they're going to give me everything that I need. You know, they're going to like by the time I'm done here, I will be amazing. That's I'll right. know everything. Master. You know. And it's not really like that. Like they can only give you so much in the course of an hour, you know, and like even if they give you homework, like How there's only so it? much that that's good for, you know, like I can do like I can do really great looking treble clefs now, <laughs> you know, I can write music that looks great because I took a course like writing music and it was literally not writing songs, no. not, not composing, notation. literally had a draw notation like you know all that kind of stuff and that's a thing that i never would have really thought about um ear training and theory were my biggest takeaways in school so started uh took a couple harmony and ear training classes at berkeley and then i transferred to sonoma state university in northern california um and i was i was actually a jazz studies major for a couple years and I took all the jazz harmony classes and all the hardcore ear training classes that I could, that they offered. Mm-hmm. And I think those, more than anything else, were the probably the biggest, um, the biggest help for me. And, and although there are a great deal of better guitar players than me in the world, like in okay, and I'm gonna say in metal, okay, especially, so many monsters of guitar there are a lot of them who don't know any theory or and uh their ear training is a little bit lacking so in in a in a lot of ways i have a one-up on a lot of them even though their uh technical uh proficiency is like out of this world you know though they might play something and i'm like that was really cool, but this note does that doesn't belong there. You're this is from the Phrygian mode. You're in the wrong. You're in the wrong key, son. And like they'd be like, "What's that?" Yeah. And they can't figure out why this thing they're trying to do sounds like shit. And they won't. They won't get that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but or the other thing that a lot of people do is they learn just a little bit of theory, and then they never branch out, oh. and so they just do this same, you know like same harmonic minor runs for every song. So the advantage that I got from formal education was learning about all the crazy stuff that's out there. Um, I was in an Indian singing ensemble in college. Wow. So I learned, you know, uh, I mean, I don't remember most of it, but just, just understanding what it was and all that stuff. Um, incredibly, incredibly helpful, really expanded my mind in the realm of music. And it's 
helped to make me the musician that I am today. And I think is, has made my music better because of that, because of that. Yeah. I, so, but you know, I, I didn't really get a start on my music career until very recently until later. Yeah. And I'm a lot older than I would have liked. Yeah. But it is what it is. You can't change that now. And I like the way you mentioned too, about as far as um, having some theory, um, Turn back time. That's right. Sorry, that's right. No, it's all good. Um, as far as having a little bit of theory, it's almost like the equivalent of you know downloading a Rosetta Stone language course and learn how to say um, "I would like some pumpkin pie" in Spanish, and that's all you can mm-hmm. say for the rest of your life. You're gonna you're gonna get lots of pie in different parts of the world, but uh, there's other things on the menu too that you could be enjoying and communication and, and conversations with people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Because, but what I realized too is that. Some people don't get sick of pumpkin pie. <laughs> That's true. I know. Yeah. Some people are like, like, really? Again, is, Steve? Pumpkin pie? And they're pie like, good. Yep. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, uh, but like I was saying before, limitations breed creativity. Mm-hmm. I actually didn't say that before. I'm saying it now. Okay. Was, but limitations make for much more distinct musicians, I think, in a lot of ways. Yep. Um, but it's, I see sort of a flip side to that too. Like there's like a hundred, uh, thousand shitty Ingve clones in the world. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yes. And those guys need to like learn some, do something a little bit different. And, th- but then there's, um, I'm going to try and think of a really good example. How about this? Ace Fairly. Very limited. And look at Ace Fairly. Look what he can do with the limited okay. vocabulary. Uh, that's a bad example only because I don't really I couldn't hum you an ace freely like off the top of that's my okay head. but, he's, but his vocabulary is limited but he what he does it, and so some people they might look at it and laugh but what he does when you see ace freely play it's like wow and it's like you know simplified Chuck Berry type of riffs and stuff like that but it's a limited vocabulary and he can speak fluently if that makes sense yeah there you go yeah exactly I'm thinking um I think of like uh Robert Johnson mm-hmm. okay like he didn't like uh, you know, he, he's not going to play like a symphony of shit. Like he's not going to, he doesn't shred, you know, anything like that. He's just, he just plays the blue, he plays acoustic finger style blues guitar and he's, he's saying like, Mm -hmm. that was it. Um, and he did the absolute shit out of that. And owned it. If he, if he'd have done, tried to branch out and do something else. It, it wouldn't have been this thing. That's right. You know, you don't want to be known as a guy who does everything because then what, a, you know, you're an everything bagel. Like, like people, like people want to hear this one. And not just people want to hear this one thing. They come it's to expect bad that. branding. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's it's, right. it's, uh, it's not really that unique or distinct if you're trying to do everything yeah and it took me a long time to figure that out it almost becomes karaoke um, anyway yes yeah you know anyone yeah. anyone can no, play something up that. yeah good point um let's jump over the chat for a quick second we haven't said hi to a bunch of people here let's go over and say hi and we'll oh, come yeah, back to some, talk some gear 
Uh, so right off the hop, we've got Justin Girardi saying, what's up, Eric? Finally got to have some playing time with my new guitar and watch the best show around. Thank you. He had a really nice custom uh, uh, kind of a Frankie built for him and a really neat Frankenstein EVH and a uh, kind of a reverse kind of, st- you know, the, the red, white, and black Frankie more in a black and uh, black and gray stealth kind of look to it. It's very, very cool. Just saw it. Very glossy, very nice. Um, Sean Pierce Johnson says, so pro, so jealous. Habs247 says, Eric and company. Uh, yeah, Sean Pierce saying hi to Trey. Carlos Santon, my Canadian uh, counterpart over here, says, happy Friday, everyone. Happy to be here. Hi, Trey and Eric. Curtis Murata, hi, everyone. Don Shepard's here saying hi. Scott MacArthur checking in. Brusbo, Eric, good to see you guys. Love your show. Thank you so very much. I appreciate that. Mike Francis, hey, guys. Sean Pierce Johnson, it's Wizard Magic. Uh, Tom and Santiago, uh, one of our regulars as well. Hey, Eric and Trey. Insomniac Matt says, Trey, that name sounds familiar. Has Trey worked with Glenn? So you're referring to Glenn Fricker? Uh, if you're talking about the angriest man in Canada, Glenn Fricker, then the answer is yes. Awesome. Many times. I uh, just, just He's, he's going to be here soon, actually. We're good. Hang out. Glenn and I live uh, 35 minutes away from each other. I did not even know this. No shit. No kidding. And That's I'm, hilarious. I'm dying to... I've been to Windsor. Okay. So you're... I was there last year. I won't say where I live, but I'm, I'm very, very close. Very close. I, could, I could almost throw a baseball to it um, on a good day with the wind behind me. But I've, I wanted to, to get down there sometime, just have a coffee with him, just, you know, because I thought he was from the States somewhere. I had no idea. So uh, that's very, very cool. Um, and uh, um, yeah, that, I definitely want to meet up with him. So that's cool. Mike Francis, hey, guys. Uh, yeah, I mentioned that. Uh, Thomas Sound here. I was with hey, everyone to the chat. Hope you all as well. Uh, Carlos says, I'm happy with my playing now that I've let go of trying to play like EVH. I'm certainly influenced by him, but I'm not chasing him anymore, and I would like to develop my own voice. And that's a good thing, and that's something I can learn from as well, too. You know, like, obviously, I'm an Eddie Van Halen fanatic, and, you know, it's on, we're on this treadmill. You know, whether you're chasing Eddie Van Halen or Ingve Malmsteen or any of these people, you know, you might get close sometimes, but then, then that guy comes and reinvents himself or herself, whatever guitar hero it is you're looking at. And, um, you know, when you, when you stop chasing that and, you know, things can happen for a, a really good, like I, I know where Carlos coming from. He's been, you know, experimenting with some different things and that's happened for me recently too, playing some different guitars, getting in a different mindset, uh, different styles, uh, listening to some different music. It can really open up doors for you. So good comment. Carl. I think, yeah. I, what I've noticed too is a, sometimes a lot of really great people who are, um, become the, mm, what's the word? They, they break people who break new ground a lot of the time start out as clones mm-hmm. basically you know um they you you become you become a clone of somebody just because you love what they do so much and you just try and try and try and then you realize that you can't really be a perfect clone of anyone and the ways in which you fail kind of become those limitations we were talking about mm-hmm. you know yeah and make you different and just by, uh, just because of you, just because you're not the person that you're trying to be, mm-hmm. you're gonna be different. And sometimes what ends up happening is they just go like, like holy shit, they find this other thing and they've already got the skill, so they still like maybe kind of sound a little bit like the person that they were trying to be. Mm-hmm. But then they just do this other thing, and you're like, oh, that's the thing that you were here to do. There it is. Boom. So. Yeah, there you go. I agree. You know, or what I noticed too, like sometimes um, they just add this other thing to it, mm-hmm. this this other I- influence, and then people go, "Oh sh- shit, you're like the you're like the 
uh, Asian sounding Al Dimiola. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> like, you're a, like you're the the you're the Paco de Lucia of metal. Yeah. Right. So they you combine two things that you're really good at to make something fresh and new. I agree. And here's here's how a lot of us are subliminally trained too. Uh, and some of you agree with this. Recently on a few live demos I've done, I switched up some things and um, you know some new stuff come in that I was got immediately hooked on. And as I was sharing with you um, off the air too, I'd been playing a lot more and, and really happy lately. Um, and so I'm not playing it like I, I love EVH guitars and my I, obviously the, the show is named after Eddie Van Halen and um, I work with them through the artists uh, program. But for the few, last quite a few shows, I've been playing a different guitar. No stripes on this guitar. No stripes. Okay. So you pick up guitar and you're playing it. And I've had some feedback come in from a couple different people, you know, either Facebook or emails and stuff like that. Wow, man, your playing was this and it was that last night. And they've never said anything bad before, but this was over the top good feedback. And like, what did you do? And it's like, I didn't do anything. You weren't, you weren't brainwashed by the stripes. As soon as I pick up stripes, right. as soon as anyone picks up a guitar, you saw this at NAMM. Yeah, and you go around, you, it's, when someone picks up a Van Halen guitar, first thing they want to do is tap eruption on it or do something on there that's a Van Halen riff. I, I do it too, because it makes you want to do it. But when you don't have that, the judging factor is already off a little bit off the table. So you're not being judged as going to be the Eddie guy. Or if you pick up a gem uh, at NAMM, and the first thing you do is like, you know, uh, you know some crazy, crazy... Yeah, Steve I stuff. And you're not judged, right? So yeah. we are stereotypically or subliminally judged on the gear we use sometimes. And I think that can have a, a real stigma. And so if you start not chasing your heroes as much, maybe picking up a Stratocaster or picking up a Les Paul when you're known as the Strat guy, you know, and playing some blues or something like that, it can all of a sudden it's like, holy cow, I can actually play some stuff that's not this guy. Hey. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Yeah, I like our that. Um, most popular video from Nam is Greg Cock playing the uh, Toast and Abasi guitar. Oh, that'd be great. That's a weird movie. shape guitar. Oh, too. you got to watch it, man. Well, first of all, um, you want to see some freaky deaky guitar playing. Greg Cock is out of this world uh, and he's incredibly funny. Um, you know, he's like 19 feet tall and he goes, you know, he just it's the last like 10 minutes of nam okay? okay and he's just like oh hey man what's up oh yeah cool guitars sits down and plays this like real wacky looking guitar you know like yeah. there's not a guitar out there that looks exactly like this one it's it's pretty far from his usual telly or strat kind of a jam mm -hmm. and he just ripped on it and i mean of course he did but like you know, just the 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 disconnect between yeah. what you're expecting and what comes out, yeah, um, made it just that much mind blower. You, it changed your expectation, and that changes your perception of what's actually going on. So I can imagine a lot of people's mouths just hanging open. Yeah, yep. And that one's on the channel. Your I'm gonna go look for that one tonight. I want to go look for that video tonight for sure. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Dan Wilhite says, hey, what's up, everyone? And Somnac Matt says, uh, is the audio out of sync for anyone else? Hopefully not. And, and YouTube the other night was having a horrific time. Actually, YouTube acknowledged a problem where 
videos were actually freezing at the beginning. So hopefully that's the case with this one as well too. They were looking into it. So if that's the case for any of you watching, um, check the replay back later on this evening or uh, tomorrow as well too. And it should everything should be good because nothing's changed in my end. I think it's just a YouTube thing and they are working on it. Um, Don Shepard says, Trey has a strong social media profile as well. Yeah, and that's another tool in the trade too. You talked about these guys earlier in, in the evening and you weren't talking about anyone in particular, but you know people that have all these chops and things like that too. But sometimes there's... Uh, I was thinking about some people in particular. <laughs> I'm sure maybe you were. I mean, we, won't, we won't point any fingers. Um, but yeah. sometimes it's almost like working with musicians in your band. Sometimes you might want to work with people that maybe can have a tiny bit less talent, but they have a skill set over here. Maybe they're just good people. Uh, good people skills. Mm -hmm. uh, in this case here, okay, you've got, you can play, but do you know how to market yourself? Do you know how to brand? You talked about branding. You don't want to do everything. And that's why companies don't do everything. You know, you know, like there's no one, no one company out there that I can say that does everything perfect. They'll specialize in something else. Uh, so a guitar player has to have the strength of a musician, has to have the people skills, has to have marketing skills, some education. Um, so as, as what uh, he's saying here is that you have a strong social media profile and that's very, very important as well too. And I see how you react with fans, interact with them. And that's an, another huge plus, you know, you can always pick up, you can, you can sharpen your chops later, work on, you know, the interaction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very, very good there. Uh, Dan Wilhite says, yeah, just a little. Uh, B. Carlson, that actually is my grandson. Uh, it says, nice vid pops. I got to love that. That's pretty cool. Yes, I have grandkids. Um, that's wow. why I'm, I'm going gray. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank, thanks, uh, B. Uh, Don Shepard says, what is the best thing he took away from Berkeley? That's a very good question. Um, Other than you can do really good treble clefts. <laughs> yeah, uh, I could. Let me tell you how often I'm drawing treble claps. Yeah, okay, because I'm I can't even draw um, one properly. Uh, that's a great question. Yeah, you can think um, about it. We can come back to it if you want. I would say, uh, real quick, just um, the press. Although I learned a lot, the prestige for the rest of my life, being able to say that I went to Berkeley, even though it was only for a year, yeah, has been very helpful. I have gotten jobs just because of that so you know i mean the worst thing that i got was the bill <laughs> but um so i don't know you if uh it's pretty hard to offset that over the course of your lifetime i will say that much but uh because i was only there for a year i'm you know i'm uh i'm debt free at this point in my life 33 that's pretty nice. um and so that's you know it's fine um yeah, good. The the, uh, the prestige. <laughs> there you go. Um, a couple of people are saying that the video looks like a Chinese uh, or kung fu movie. So uh, I do apologize, but uh, it probably will catch oh, itself no. up. Yeah, it's it's uh, nothing's changed on this end, so it will probably fix itself. It's probably YouTube. Uh, Zach Thong is here uh, saying it's what's not up? that bad. I'm, I'm checking it right now. It's not. That, it's a little bit off. Okay, it's not that bad. it'll probably it'll probably catch itself up because it's definitely nothing's changed here. Uh, Zach Thong is here. I mean, are up? you guys really watching for for like? Christine, <laughs> exactly. As long as you can hear us, good. And I'm sure I know I'm a handsome bastard, but they usually tune in for the mustaches. They can always get it later. <laughs> Carlos Santos says, "How can you tell when your guitar player is out of tune? His hands start moving." There you go. Ah. Uh, Matt Harrison, what's up, Trey? You shred Holmes, one of your buddies. Nice dog. No, uh, I don't. I did not know Matt. Okay. I, I don't know. Uh, Eamon Wise is here uh, saying, "Hey, Don Shepard answered. Thanks." Um, and and Tomac Matt says, "The extent of my theory knowledge is I play a Phrygian solo over a Phrygian riff." There you go. Hey, there you go. If you can, man, if you can match those two up. Yep. 
That's it, that's a great place to be. That's right. And speaking <laughs> of uh, uh, Glenn, Cameron Fleury's here uh, saying, hey, guys. Do you know Cameron? Obviously. I am. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We grew we up in the same circle. We were on a video at Glenn's together, although we have never met in real life. Okay, that's cool. Um, you'll probably meet with him soon, and he's. Uh, we grew up in the same circle. We don't talk about small towns. We come from the small, smallest of small towns. Uh, so he's, uh, yeah, small world, man. Uh, we bumped into each other after years, uh, you know, after I retired from music, um, we, like we played in the same circuits and stuff. And he's like, he found me on Facebook and found him on YouTube. We're like, wow, small world, we're reconnecting again. And uh, he's doing well with his drum channel. Really cool. So that's nice. Thanks yeah. for, thanks for tuning in, Cameron. Appreciate it. Uh, Jim Lund says, I thought it was interesting that Alan Holdsworth didn't know any theory. No, I didn't know much about his theory background. Is that true? He didn't have a lot of theory training. Um, do you know? I don't know if he had any formal theory training but he did know his shit yeah uh, um i've i only know this because i've seen um a video of him explaining talking about scales and stuff mm -hmm. he just had like a real particular way of looking at music theory um and i think that was part of what informed his very unique style um like uh, i remember him talking about chords in this video and how he thinks of you know the notes of a uh in a key um like a family sitting at a table mm -hmm. like seven people sitting at a table and then each chord is like all right you 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 and you stand up or you three stand up and you three stand up and that's how he thinks of chords well thought of chords you know and uh, and like that's not something you learn at Berkeley. That's you know? right, yeah. That's not, uh, I mean, it's a little vague, first of all, but just, you know, very different from what they, you know, from Harmony 2 or whatever at Berkeley. <laughs> exactly. So, exactly. I think he knew theory, but I don't think it, he thought of it the way that most people do. Yeah, the same approach is right. Uh, Timothy Castile says, hi. Uh, and some neck Matt says, Bruce Dickinson, huh? as far as I know, is a self-taught singer. Um, and, and he also says, I don't get sick of chicken fingers and fries. I get that when I go to most restaurants. Yeah. So we're probably referring yeah. to the, uh, the pumpkin pie comment. Cause I'm obviously behind yeah, some people it. just, you know, yeah. one, one thing, one and done. Yep, exactly. Uh, Justin Grady says, uh, he's agreeing there is, I'm, I agree with you on that one. Um, and here's a question for, for you, uh, from Insomniac Matt says, uh, what strings do you use? And obviously you use a lot of down tuning stuff. So, uh, um, imagine heavy gauge strings. Share with your uh, your uh, guitar strings that you use in that. Uh, so I use Ernie Ball strings, and I'm trying out all the different kinds that they make. You know, mm -hmm. they have like sure. M steel and cobalt, um, all that kind of stuff. Right now, but um, all the different materials and stuff. And uh, the but for gauges, I'm using like a 10 to 52 okay and then a low 68 because my number one most common tuning is a standard on the seventh string so a d g c f a d and so i find that if i find use anything smaller than a 10 um it's too floppy okay and in on a 25 and a half inch scale the low B string, which I have tuned to A, um, you, you got to have a real beefy string. Otherwise, it's just like. Yeah. 
you know, like I can't deal with that. The pitch more than anything bums me out. Like the when it's too floppy and the pitch goes sharp every time you hit it, because mm-hmm. I hit it reasonably hard. So you you got to have the good, a good hef, hefty gauge on there. That I think is more important than any, almost anything else to me. Um, I spend a, probably more time than I should on that low B string. <laughs> But yeah, that's it's honestly more than anything else. It's just about personal annoyance. Like, honestly, I think I'm I bet nobody in the freaking world would notice if I if I used like a 56 on there instead of a 68. Yeah. But I know, you know, you know, the first time you hit it, I just be there like, God damn it the whole time. Yep. So, well, here's an example. Can you imagine this? Imagine if this was you the other day, a junior here, he was trying to, well, actually not trying to, he learned very well. I learned a Slipknot, a Slipknot song and he's playing on my uh, PV Wolfgang, uh, a nine to 42 to drop a, can you, can, <laughs> can you imagine a 42 and drop a? I can imagine it. Like actually <laughs> I, I op- there's, I let, there's a breeze coming in here and you could actually see the low E string blowing in the breeze. <laughs> it was that bad. So then we then he hooks up the Variax and we're tuned to 440. We put a custom tuning through the workbench and he's playing drop A and just chug, chug, chug. Now what I'm hearing doesn't sound good because I'm hearing it acoustically. What he's hearing it in the headphones? Stellar. That that was the worst, man. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. insane. Um, Insomniac says, I feel like Metallica is a reason I like Explorer type guitars. I like Explorer's uh, style too. I've never owned one. I think they look really cool. I've had uh, band members have them. I think they look awesome. Uh, Justin Grady says, we're going to see some EVH gear TV merch soon. I hope so. This, I'm still working. We're talking about branding, right? And I'm not settled on the brand yet as far as what I'm doing. So, uh, I, I don't want to put something out there and then say, change it two weeks later. So hang in there. Trust me. I know, I know people are asking for, it and I promise something soon. Um, and Justin Grady also says he feels the same way. Lizzie Hale plays a beautiful white and gold Explorer. Um, it's a great front end guitar. It is. It is. Yep. It's, it's kind of sassy, right? Uh, James from Ottawa is jumping in saying, Hey folks, EVH Leopard. Yeah. Saying the audio and video is off of sync. I, out of sync. I really apologize, but it, I'm, I'm, I'm 99% sure that it'll correct itself. Um, Don Shepard says, I would like to see the two of you jam. Well, we're neither one of us are prepared tonight, uh, to hook up and play, <laughs> but I certainly, I'm open to the invitation anytime. We'll do something for fun. That'd be great. I'll, uh, you know, anytime you'd like to do that, Trey, uh, Quentin yeah. James is here. And you know what? I almost forgot. I made a special note too, at the very beginning of my itinerary, it's his birthday tomorrow. Quentin's a regular of the show. Uh, his birthday is tomorrow. So Quentin, happy birthday from Poison Ivy. Happy birthday, here. dog. Yeah. From Poison Ivy, my better half here, Eric Jr. and myself. So I hope you have a great birthday tomorrow. Um, this is kind of cool. This is, this is something I didn't write down on the itinerary for the evening, but uh, you mentioned to me off the air, and Zach is saying uh, awesome videos from GitCon. Um, and l- this is a perfect setup. So we're going to jump into an Eddie Van Halen question next, um, and we're going to talk about the 5150 series, uh, 5153 series of amplifiers, and how you know not just rock guys are using them. You can share uh, in, the, in the genre that you're kind of deeply rooted in, in metal, Talk about your thoughts on that. But before we get into that, talk about uh, GitCon, where you guys locked yourselves away in kind of like the whisper room, the amp room, <laughs> and uh, you were working on the plexis. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead and share that story. Okay. So this was... Turned out to be like one of the coolest and funniest pieces of content that came out of GitCon, I think. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, it was the most physically painful uh, part of the entire experience. Uh, just because I'm an idiot more than anything else. So <laughs> this is something you should go and watch on Pete Thorne's channel. Okay. So first of all, and for anyone who doesn't know what GitCon was, it was like just a crazy week 
in Germany with, uh, I, I don't remember, like 20 YouTubers or something, maybe even more. Mm -hmm. And we just made a bunch, shot a ton of content, collaborations and stuff. And one thing Pete Thorne was like, hey, we've got a Plexi here and there's a, you know, a, a, a booth, like a, a ISO room. booth. Yeah. Where we can crank it the fuck up. Because that's like, you know, that's the, that's how you would get that tone, the tone, um, you know, the, the single channel plexi, just everything all the way up. You just roll your hand across the knobs yep. and turn everything all the way up. And I, and one at a time we all went in and plugged into it and played it. And so the video is on Pete's channel and you should for sure go watch it. But idiot. Trey, um, who I always wear earplugs, always, okay? Every show, anytime anything gets loud, uh, you know, um, playing shows, okay, rehearsals, I always wear earplugs. I am very, very, very uh, attached to my hearing. Okay? Well, first of all, that's very commendable. I don't want tinnitus. I was like, uh, I thought that it, we were just trying to get the full experience yeah. <laughs> flexi, but everybody else wore earplugs and I went in without them because I wanted to get the, oh my God, it was so dumb. I, one of the dumbest, like, man, it was like having unprotected sex with a hooker, which oh I have also not done, but <laughs> you know, like it was like, it it hurt really bad, Yeah, like but it sounded hooker. great. I mean, it probably sounded, it sounded great. When I watched the tape later, it was yeah. mostly just pain yeah. when I was doing it. But like, you know, it's a one of a kind of ex experience. Yeah, that's the only one to do that one time. You know, you, you talk about uh, back in the day when Eddie Van Halen was recording the first records, you know, and have that that tone. I mean, that volume like that. As much as we all, like us Van Halen fans, say, "Oh, I'd love to be that guy in that room." Uh, yes and no. You know what I mean? No, because <laughs> it would kill you. Yeah, I think it's a bad idea. Yeah, but yeah. I yeah. Yep. For someone of your age, you're you're considerably younger than me, uh, much younger than me. I I gotta uh, give you kudos and uh, applause for for the hearing protection, something I never did as a younger um, musician. And my good friend uh, Adam Reaver at Fu Tone, um, his better half is you know a hearing specialist, and and we take we oh. took some of her seminars at NAM in 2017, and this goes to show you how much we take for granted. Like even walking around NAM without hearing protection can be an, like a, a strain on your ears. That volume that's just the, of the the overall sound of uh, discussion, gear, ev everything, it's constant hum from, you know, the first minute you get there. You go into a restaurant, you're sitting there having dinner, and, you know, the conversation of the people there, the music that's playing in the background, you take it for granted how much is actually affecting you. And if you don't have certain protection after certain amounts of exposure to it, and especially if you're doing this for your entire lives... You know, it's no wonder we have so many musicians today that, you know, will have to lean into a conversation when they're talking to their spouse or their friends. They just can't hear. Something you should never take for yeah. granted. So so hats off to you for that one. Obviously, that was a, a kind of a dumb move, not going into the booth with no hearing protection. But I guess you, everyone's entitled to one mulligan in their life, right? And that's a pretty good one to have. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, uh, as far as I can tell, I have no lasting damage from that. But That's good. Not even once, folks. Yeah. Not even once. I know people who have lost significant amounts of significant amounts of their hearing or got just gotten terrible damage and tinnitus from just one event one they can they can name the concert that they were at where they lost they it be like like 
I know if I, one of my friends was like ISIS concert July 20, you know what I, whatever, like, um, and that terrifies me. Like I'm a musician for life. Yep. There's a, uh, another, um, another rant video that I did that is up on our channel. Five reasons you need to start wearing earplugs now. Okay. I'm going to find that one uh, like tomorrow. I'm going to share it. I want to share that because that's a very important thing. I, I the remember... horror stories, man, that people commented on that video. Like, yeah, like people tinnitus makes you suicidal. I'm not even kidding. There are some people who have tinnitus that is so bad they that they want to die so that it'll go away. Nothing to joke about for sure. No, that's that's horrible. Uh, and it, it's preventable. I'm not going down like that. Yeah, no, that's preventable. I, I can't remember the exact moment when when my hearing got uh, damaged. And it's funny, I'm wearing an earbud in my left ear, which is my bad ear. I do have a bad ear. And as a as a very late teen, probably in my early 20s, um, when I started doing certain touring and things like that, I used to have a Marshall JCM 900 full stack. And we used to rehearse in this very, very small place, smaller than what my studio is here, much smaller. So we're like crammed. And it always worked out where I'm in the corner. My left ear was facing the stack. And I'm cranked up a tube screamer in there to get extra distortion because that Marshall wasn't known for distortion. So uh, a tube screamer in volume, and it was always the left ear facing it. And you'll notice a lot of times if you watch some of my videos where I've, I'm talking to people in person, I'm, I do lean in because I'm trying to make eye contact with them because my left ear is always a little weaker. And I'd give anything to go back and uh, and and change that. Here again, you can't change time now, but uh, just use some hearing protection. And yeah, so I want to watch that video. I'm going to share that for sure. Uh, a couple good comments on your channel here. It says, uh, Matt Harrison says, love all the gear gods content tray. One of the best channels on YouTube for metal music, guitar, and gear in general. So very nice comment. And I agree with that. Thank you. That's I really nice one, appreciate Matt. that. Yeah. Uh, Rich, Del here's a, this is really cool too. And this goes, uh, my son turned me on to Stevie T. Rich Stillman says, how was Trey's experience playing with Stevie T? First of all, Canadian. Yes. Love him. Fun, uh -huh. Funny as heck. And here again. Funny. Absolutely hilarious. So what was it like working with him? Oh, he's the best. Um, well, uh, aside from just general monster talent all around mm -hmm. at the at that event, um, everyone at uh, that we worked with at that thing was just uh, like great to to work with, like great people to hang out with. We had an absolute blast. Um, Stevie T is just as funny in real life, just as funny and weird oh, that's in nice. real life as he is in his video. Okay, like, I mean, I guess he's hamming it up a little bit sure. for his videos. Sure, Um, But, like, he's just like that. Like, slightly less, yeah. Tone down know, a little bit. extra version of the stuff, of what he does in his videos. And it's so much fun. And he is so good at the goddamn guitar. Holy I, crap. I, I mean, know. we had such a, like, interesting smattering of different kinds of, of, guitar talent you know four freaking well really five guitar players mm -hmm. i didn't play any guitar basically at all while i was there um because there were i, I was like i have nothing to add <laughs> you know um sarah longfield just great at a completely different kind of guitar playing than anyone else there you know um very uh two-handed tapping mm -hmm. oriented kind of plays the guitar a little bit more like a piano okay and then tyler um was kind of more a rock rock guitar guy played this his solo was just like feeling like oh god the feeling 
And then Stevie T's solo was incredibly shreddy, but like also had a ton of feeling and just hit all the right notes for me. And like, um, so man, watching these guys shred and I'm sitting there like, God damn it. <laughs> like I love singing, but like, I kind of wish I'd pushed to have a guitar solo too, even if I was just going to get shown up. Yeah. Cause I was like, Oh yeah, this is what I love about the guitar. Everybody's doing all the things that I like anyway. But the good thing so is you enjoyed it. Was That's awesome. My, I got to give my son credit for all these great YouTubers I've discovered. Stevie T is one for sure. Uh, Glenn Fricker, uh, who's like a neighbor, but I didn't discover him until my boy, the Jared Dines, Rob Scallons for sure. And the other day, uh, this is a testament to Stevie T, how much uh, we like him here in the house. Junior's running around the house. Picture this um, with a, a, a little, uh, I forget the brand, but he's running around with a ukulele, a glass slide, playing Slipknot, and then doing Stevie T expressions picture put all those things together and he's doing these quirky faces you know how only i'm not even gonna try to do it because someone will take a screen capture of me and, and it'll be a meme but it's you know these quirky faces that steve does you know with the mouth like on both sides of his face eyebrows one up one down playing a, a slide a, a glass slide on a ukulele playing slipknot it was hilarious and he says hey, look at this dad i'm cbt wow. i'm like yeah you got it to a t that was awesome that's uh, hilarious yeah carl santon yeah, Carlos Santon says, I've seen that video. It's crazy. Habs2047 uh, says, I think I need to buy some earplugs this year. Do it. Please look into it. Cameron's taken off. He's got a jet. Uh, Carlos Santon says, Paul Gilbert permanently changed his hearing uh, while, or damage, I'm sorry, damaged his hearing while visiting Eddie at 5150. You know what? I did mm -hmm. not know this story. Eddie plays at concert volume in the studio, and Paul Gilbert had the misfortune of being in the room with that hand crank. I didn't know that story. Did you know that story? I did know that story. Oh. Uh, very, very unfortunate um, because... You know, Paul is like one of my one of my number one guitar heroes. Um, and man, I remember hearing about that and just being like, oh, my God, can you imagine going to one of your heroes uh, places and having that happen to you? Like, yeah. Holy shit. Because, uh, you know, Eddie is one of Paul's Idols. big heroes. And like you see, you see Paul now, and like he's got a he's got a hearing aid, um, like he 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 doesn't just lean in; he does this. Wow, that bad. Um, I met him in real life, mm -hmm. uh, and aside from the fact that he's incredibly lovely, I was like, I was like, hey, I'm Trey. Nice to meet you. And he was like, no. he's like, hey, Greg. Oh wow. And I was like, fuck. That bad. He's so deaf. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, you know, you see him uh, play live. He's got the, the, the like, big headphones. Sh yeah, the shooting um, air traffic ones. controller, or I mean, the, the guys on the runway yeah. headphones. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I feel so bad for him because yeah. he's the best and the nicest, and uh, he was probably just being really polite because he's very polite and nice. Yeah. And he was just sitting there like getting destroyed, like uh huh, uh huh. Oh wow. And like, I don't know. I have no idea, but. Oh, I'm glad you know that story. I didn't know it. And Carlo, thank you for sharing that. And Paul is coming on the show in May, actually. So I'll ask him. I'm going to make a note to ask him that story. And um, maybe he can share the thought. I know he'll probably will share the thoughts on um, preventing uh, hearing damage like that. So I'm glad you guys knew that story. And just when you think you know all the Eddie Van Halen stories, which I never think I do, but I know a lot of them, I did not know that story. So very cool. And, and not in necessarily a good way. Um, and Curtis Murata says, that was a nuts video. You guys and gals were uh, crazy diving that amp at GitCon. I'm going to look at that video. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> Uh, Insomniac says, I have slight hearing loss in my left ear. Some frequencies at some volumes just sound like fuzz to me. Uh, and American Devil says, I got M MRSA in both ears. 
um, from improperly using earplugs. I lost 30% of my hearing. Yes, I guess either yeah, wearing... MRSA. Oh, my God. No, what is that? I don't know what that is. Can you explain it to me? Uh, meth is, 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 uh, some, the M is the, a kind of me medicine I can't remember, but, yeah, but resi uh, uh, resistant staphylococcus. Okay. Uh, it's, it's a staph infection, but it's a specific, it's like the worst kind of staph infection you can get. It's really hard to get rid of because it's resistant to the, um, rehabilitation antibiotics oh. they usually use to get rid of it. Okay. That, wow. Wow. Um, that uh i have heard of people having problems from um just from using your ear earplugs wrong can you uh i would love to hear you um uh, explain what it was that you did wrong so that i can avoid doing that yeah if you I would, can uh, share with us please because that's uh, you know i'm here i am telling people to use earplugs mm -hmm. but like if it's if there's a chance that it could also cause a, you to have a problem He's coming um, in there. Antibiotic kind of resistant. Yeah. So you, you I'd were love right. To know, so you that were... I can just so I can educate people. Too. Yeah. Yeah. That's that a thing. Terrible. Yeah. Antibiotic resistant, just like you were saying. Yeah. Share with us uh, down in the comments here, American Devil, if you can as well too. Uh, MB215 says late again, but I was caught in the nor'easter, 70 mile per and 70 mile per hour winds, uh, blowing me across the streets. Yeah. It's there's some bad ones out there. Um, and yeah, there again, two halves. And yes, please tell us what was done wrong. And um, Rich Dumman says, 1994 Pantera live hurt my left ear. Dime bag pulling up squeals on this Floyd did it. Yeah, if you get in front of a speaker at the right time, you'll hear that. You'll feel that poke in your ear, and it's it could be all over at that point. But while we're waiting for some comments to come back on possibly what was done improperly there, uh, you and I are kind of trading a little bit of uh, thoughts back and forth on the 5153 series of amplifiers and how it's not just the rock guys that are using it. Explain explain to me your thoughts. Uh, on why yeah. so many guys in metal are uh, gravitating towards that amplifier, or that series of amplifier. Well, uh, I mean, the 5150 period, like mm -hmm. from even PV2, the first, yeah, the even the PV um, ones. So I I know um, <clears throat> James Brown a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, um, the uh, Engineer. now of Amp Tweaker, but yeah. the original designer of the 5150, um, and like everything, he he's like a very uh first of all super funny nice dude um but like always seems like he's pushing forward at all costs like okay. like it, always uh adding new features and crowdsourcing features from people and figuring out what's going to make it make the next the next thing better or whatever like his the amp tweaker pedals are crazy mm -hmm. um uh even if you don't like the sound of them the functionality is off the charts like the the pro version of the um of like the t the tight metal pro or the fat metal pro or whatever they've got they have three uh effects loops in the pedal mm -hmm. in this like distortion pedal G an absolute genius the way it's set up anyway so um when that amp came on the scene, you know, uh, obviously he was trying to figure out what Eddie wanted and like, you know, had some, probably had some ideas of his own to incorporate. But like, I, I mean, I, I'm saying this like just from stuff that I've learned. Yeah. I was not there. I of was, course. You know, probably like six or seven <laughs> at the time. It was yeah. like early 90s. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, late 80s, something like that. And so, anyway, but, like, they're, like, 
there were other amps that could do metal, but like Marshall was like the high gain jam, you know? And so Eddie's coming from playing Marshall's and having to like do kind of crazy stuff to them to get more gain out of it. Right. Um, you know, always blowing it up because he's taking it to somebody to mod the thing and it just can't handle it. And he's whatever. So he's got very high demands. And so then they're like, okay, well we got to make something that's bulletproof. And so here comes the 5150 with tons of gain. Um, but it's also like, excuse me, like meaner, okay. I think, than a lot of what came before. And so metal guys were like, oh, shit. Like, hello. Um, anyone who wasn't playing a Mesa Boogie, I think, was probably playing 5150. And like, uh, even now, I think, People will play the sometimes the old ones. Um, uh, think I don't know, thinking that there's some kind of like you know these people are like that block letter sound and like everyone at PV is like they're all the fucking same. Like we didn't change anything. That's right. Um, but they yeah. So now the uh, so much of the sound of modern metal is some kind of of fifty one fifty. Um, uh, either either the 5153 which is incredibly popular in metal like incredibly popular mm-hmm. um, or s- some 5150 clone inside of a modeler with some kind of overdrive boost some kind of tube screamer type thing mm-hmm. And I'm saying that because nowadays there's just a billion, you know, like, for instance, I use the VFE, let's see if you can see that, VFE Ice Scream. Okay. This is my favorite uh, overdrive pedal. Just It's got a ton of cool features. They don't even make these anymore. Okay. Um, but, you know, and within the, like, my Axe Effects, for instance, or like a Helix, there's like, you know, five or six different kinds of, 5150 clones that's right and that's kind of the sound of like modern metal you just you just boost the shit out of it and tight really tighten it up even though it's one of the tighter amps to begin with um just getting a really tight super boosted sound and that's what a lot of these bands are kind of based on you know it's it's great it's got a nasally kind of gritty growly thing to it that um that i think no other amp really did before that you know like the like a a comparable high gain amp is like a rectifier yeah but it's kind of the opposite in terms of the tone like it doesn't it doesn't really snarl that way like it's just got a tubby fat bottom end and um and a lot of sizzle and not as much of that nice mid-range crunchy like yeah um, i like the way you said snarl like that's that's true snarl yeah. yeah and i think that the bottom end more than anything else was the biggest leap forward mm-hmm. for for me in terms of like when i look back at the different amps because i think marshall's uh just the low end just sounds like ball sack <laughs> like yeah. you know you can't you can't get a nice chunky like palm mute type of sound out of it unless you just 
get buy a different amp. <laughs> yeah. And like 5150 is like Palm Mute City. And like I don't think Eddie wanted like what really had any of those kinds of players in mind when he No, he was uh, his own his when own he was mind. asking, you know, he, he just wanted his sound out of it. Yep. And then all these metal dudes are like, "Oh, hello. This works Here, for me." Like just a, a couple slight changes to it and and you're done yeah boom um so yeah he wasn't thinking about them but i think they have made him richer oh probably <laughs> I, i'd like to you see know? with some of the metal guys and you might know this um like as far as like you mentioned how the marshall's kind of lacking in the lower end sometimes and the 5150s from the pv through through obviously through the evh gear brand now um I totally have it in spades but what I like to do, and this isn't about the mid thing that we were talking about earlier, I like to go, I like to back off on the lows because you can get lows to, you know, to the, the cows come home on those things, too much lows. But I like to go less on the lows and crank the resonance. Um, and I'd like to see what some of the metal guys are doing because with that resonance control that, you know, he's brought into the amplifier, other, other amplifiers use it as well too, but it, you can dial in some and really hone in the low end without using a lot mm-hmm. of lows on the amp. What are your thoughts on that? How do you think the metal guys will use that? Well, I think the problem in metal production mm-hmm. uh, and the reason people want want to use a tube screamer, aside from just boosting it, boosting the to get more gain, mm-hmm. um, is to tighten up the sound coming off the guitar so that you can dial in a little bit more low end in the amp without it sounding Muddy. flubby and yeah. gross. Because if you, if because the if you look at a waveform, a recorded waveform of, of like a rhythm guitar performance, there's like, here's the ring out and here's the palm mute. Okay. And like, it's, it's, it gets huge. It gets out of control and it eats up too much space in the, uh, spectrum. Yeah. In the, in the EQ spectrum. And it just, it can just, uh, just fucks up your, your, uh, the whole everything so that, you know, the engineers are out there doing all this work to try to, ran it in but really what you need to do is take down some of the low end um coming out of the guitar itself mm-hmm. going into the amp because if you turn down the bass too much on the amp it can sound kind of anemic because it's not really just changing the low end like it's changing the feel and the sound of the amp right um and cascading so over. you can retain a lot of that if you if you uh control the low end at, before it hits the amp. Um, so what I found on my favorite amp, which is uh, the Rev Generator 120, I use that for everything um, nice. on our uh, recordings for the band, for mm-hmm. my band In Virtue. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of stuff on our channel. Um, if it's not an amp review, the sound you're hearing is probably the 120. And it's got a great sounding low end. It's already really very tight. But I discovered that if I turn the bass all the way up, mm-hmm on the amp but i've got a really tight sound coming in it's like it's really really nice really then you still get like this nice clear twang like i don't want to say too twangy Mm -hmm. it's not like a telly you know but like a um a stringy kind of um in your face um type of guitar sound on the low chunky stuff but it doesn't do that yeah flutter you know ugly Thing. Yeah, and I think that that's um, 
kind of weird and counterintuitive, you know, the, and I think a lot of modern metal has just too, a little bit too tight, you know, cause sometimes a little bit of that, cause what you want out of the palm mute is like a little more power, you know, you okay. want it to really hit you in the chest. Yeah. Um, so there's a little give and take, but those are like the parameters that I'm looking at. And the 5150 was the template for that. Okay. I um, I got a little off track, but yeah, the, I think, um, the, it was a thing that people didn't know that they needed. Right. And then and there it was. And you're like, Oh my God, there's so many different things I can do with this. And now, you know, five, six, seven iterations later, like, I don't even know how many there have been. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, um, it's still going very strong and the spirit of it has been carried over to lots of boutique amplifiers. You know, you think of 5150 as like a kind of started out its life as a modded Marshall of some kind mm-hmm. um, on the same, like now there's a thousand modded 5150 types uh, type of things. So yeah. the, it's like this constant evolution um, and that was like one big important step in the evolution for metal sounds, you know, and now it's, uh, uh, it, but that's, it's still, it's still there. You can still yeah. get a 5150, you know? Yeah. Um, so what he's contributed, they're very, very commercially available. And, uh, I think that's really cool. Yeah. So what Eddie's contributed with guitar, he's done that in spades with guitar, with tremolos, with pickups now with amplifiers, uh, it's crossing over to it's, it's you know it's crossed over to all genres, which is phenomenal. We are going to be wrapping up here in a couple minutes. There's a couple things that are very important I want to ask you before we wrap up. I don't want yeah. to go without asking these. Um, You're right; it flew by. <laughs> I know. I told you it's going to go by fast. We don't even uh, touch base. And here again, too, like we could talk for. I know you and I could talk for two or three hours. I always I want to have you back on another date, and I always want people coming back for more as opposed to being burnt out on the first the first one. Uh, yeah. Keeping them up till midnight, okay. um, but uh, two things. Uh, we're gonna, I want to wrap up with the final with your band. Tell us about the band. Uh, you just did that the gig that you just mentioned, but tell us a little bit more about your band where we can find you. But before that, you have a series of lessons coming up. Um, can yes. you can you tell us about that first? I can. So this is something that's been in the works for a very long time. I know that guitar players tend to struggle with scales. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people don't know where to start. And so I was a guitar teacher for a living for a very long time. And I sort of developed this system for teaching three note per string scales on the guitar that I was teaching to eight and nine year old kids in like, like a month of lessons and getting them to play scales all up and scales and modes all up and down the neck Mm -hmm. with this like i hate the like you know this one simple trick Mm -hmm. guitar teachers hate him um like (laughs) 80 shit but legitimately i think i discovered something about the way that scales work on the guitar that nobody else is really tapped into um and it's like this set of rules that you can follow so that you don't have to just memorize these these big shapes mm-hmm. and so at any given moment you're going to know where you are and what's coming next and what came before yeah you are here kind and, of thing um exactly i actually use that exact line I, you think of it like a you are here sticker in, in the, the mall. mall in the mall that's right awesome yeah you know yeah on, on the map so it's called relation shapes 
I love um, that. It should be out. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to give you a release date. No, of course. With, I'm gunning for it being done and and ready to go by April. Um, no promises. Yeah. Hopefully before then. It's called, did I already say this? Relationships. No, it's called Relationships. Talk about branding. That's um, genius. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Um, actually, one of my students came up with that. Um, okay. Thanks, Anthony Capetto. There you go. <laughs> yeah, Relationships. And uh, it's pretty comprehensive in terms of, you know, how you how you just go across the fretboard and all the different scales, some exotic crazy stuff, all the modes of the major scale. I can teach you all the modes of the major scale in an hour um, nice. if I was sitting in front of you. But yeah. it's it's going to be like somewhere in on the order of two and a half hours worth of lessons. It's going to be on Udemy.com, okay. um, which is like a, a lesson platform. Okay, um, It's going to be real cheap. And um, uh, there will be some like teasers and 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 mini lessons and stuff about it on our youtube channel so if you want to learn about it when it's going to come out and everything you want to get notified definitely subscribe to the gear gods channel um because i'll be doing a lot of lessons and stuff related to that good um, and i yeah. i don't have your youtube channel down below in the description i think i've got everything i've got the website which i can find your youtube from your website of course right from GearGods.net. Yes. yeah it's just it's just the you know, youtube.com slash gear gods, gear gods I think, or, or slash user slash gear gods or something like okay. that. But, you know, just search gear gods. Yeah, you'll find <laughs> it. Yeah, you're, you're all over there. the place. But I've got yeah. all your other links as well, too, both to the yeah, website. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, no that. problem. And uh, lastly, as well, too, actually, we should mention this. This is the comments over here. You may have seen it as well, too, from American Devil. He was talking about the earplugs. He's saying, oh, I, yeah. yes, I use them wrong. I use dirty earplugs that had debris on them and end up abrasing my ear canals, leading to an infection that happened to be MRSA. I hope it helps. Just be aware and rock on. So there you oh, go. Thank you for that. So yeah, clean. use clean earplugs um, is what he's saying. Cause yeah. Okay, so he like got a cut inside his ear, and then the, and then the infection got wow, in. Isn't wow, isn't that something? Isn't that something? Wow, thank you for sharing that with us. For th little things that we would overlook. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, and you, so you're saying... Uh, you wanted to, you want me to plug my band? Well, I yes, guess so. Please, please do. If you insist. Yes, tell us about that. So, thank you. Yeah. So, In Virtue is my band. Um, we've been around for a long time, but um, it's a brand new lineup and a kind of a, a new sound. This is my first time as the sole singer and vocalist of the band. Um, we've got a um, a music video that came out pretty recently for the song called Purgatory. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, if you're into progressive metal, um, very super modern sound. And if you want to hear that, uh, generator 120 I was talking about, yeah. um, and the, t the tone of which I spake, it was mixed and mastered by Jens Bogren. Um, so it sounds amazing. I don't know if you know, if you are aware of him, no, I'm not um, kind of the king of metal. Um, I think in terms of mixing and mastering great, mm -hmm. super great at what he does. And that's also on the Gear Gods YouTube channel. But if you just, once again, Google In Virtue Purgatory, it should be the first thing that comes up. And, you know, 2018 is kind of the year that we're doing the big push, finally. You know, after kind of not doing a whole lot. Yeah. Um, but... I was listening to the song today, actually, on your Bandcamp as well, which I do have that link down below as well, too. That's, I think, the only song I think is on the Bandcamp, at least on the page I went to, which, uh, the first song I, I heard there... 
and I was listening to it just before I called you for a test call tonight, and I really enjoyed it. And it's not my style of music by any, any by any means. So when I can listen to something that's totally out of my wheelhouse and enjoy it, um, obviously the production was great. Um, you know, I had the phones on, really absorbing it. It really, really good. Guitar playing is good. And, I'm, and like you say, too, you're kind of enjoying sometimes not necessarily being that flashy guy that you have to be all the time or you don't necessarily mm-hmm. have to be. Um, did you sing lead for any other bands before ever? Um, not really. Very briefly, I was a singer for a metal band uh, in the North Bay, and we uh, weren't that great and yeah. it sounded like crap. And that was uh, I practiced a lot because of that. Yeah. <laughs> Just kind of like. That was when I was like, oh, maybe I want to try doing this, you know. So for six months, I was the singer for a real shitty band. Well, it's a, it's a good learning it's a, experience It doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Well, that's a good, a good uh, cut your teeth with it kind of thing. Yeah. 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 So this is me stepping out in a big way. Like I uh, wasn't, you know, I never considered myself to be a singer ever. So... Well, it's a, it's still a little weird for me. Yeah, it's but, gonna you're gonna probably find your way. But I like but, it a lot. Yeah, you're gonna find your way. You're probably now just uh, you're having fun with it, and you're probably gonna one day you're gonna say, okay, here I am. I've, I'm 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 getting it. But right now I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm fans are obviously supporting you, and you've got different platforms that obviously helping you promote as well too. So I think you're gonna be uh, you're gonna really turn some heads this year and beyond. So all the best to you on that, I hope man. So. Yeah, I do Thank encourage you. people to check it out and subscribe and follow as much as they possibly can. Listen, I'm going to let you go here in a second. Let our fans go. Um, and as you're a new guest to the show, the kind of the concept I like to try to do here with everyone on Friday nights is just I, I've been a warm-up act my entire life with bands opening for other bands, and I like to do that on the weekend. I like to invite a guest to come and warm up our friends and fans a weekend. So I hope you had a good time tonight, and I really want to thank everyone for yeah. tuning in and uh, having a, a nice time with us. It's great to finally have you on the show. Well, hey, thank you so much for having me on. This was really fun. Thank you. Uh, I will come back. Anytime. You just let me know. Awesome. Yeah, we'll get you back when you, um, you know, watch some of these me, new things. Uh, you know, just plug my stupid crap that I do. I appreciate it. Oh, no, man. We're, we're, all, we're all fans for sure. And as you launch oh, some of these th- new programs. Thanks for all the questions, you guys. Yeah, you guys are great in the chat. I'm very anxious to follow up on some of the new things like the relationships and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it, I, I had to chuckle for a second because when I was saying it in my mind for a second, this is much cool. Your thing is much cooler. I'm sure you've watched Office Space in the movie. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's kind of it's in our nature. We have to watch movies like that. Remember the jump to conclusions, Matt. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. not great. I don't know what made me think it's of that. Yeah. To conclusions, Matt. It's because it's a it's a like a play on words. Stupid pun. Yeah. A play on words. Yeah. Relationship. A portmanteau. <laughs> that is awesome. Our final comment of the evening. Uh, two final comments. And Sonic Matt's or is Steve Cigaras here? And Sonic Matt says, "I'm behind in times when I hear progressive metal. My first thoughts of Dream Theater." Uh, and not periphery. And see, I'm being myself, not being a metal guy too. I can't, I can't tell you these bands. I like it when people, when things are put in my face, and then I can listen to it. Bef- and, and then I appreciate because I don't know metal. Don Shepard says, "Great show, Eric and Trey." And I thank you, Don. Listen, I'm gonna say goodbye to you off the air. So hang on for about 15 uh, seconds. And uh, sure. Steve's saying thanks, Eric and Trey. Everyone have a fantastic weekend. Stay warm wherever you are. If you're in the cold parts of the world, like I am, and some of our fans, and. Uh, Next week, I'm taking the night off other than I'm going to do probably about a half an hour show. It's Eric Jr.'s birthday next Friday. And so if we do come on, it's just going to show, uh, you know, let him say, you know, people say some happy birthday to him and things like that. Uh, he's looking for some music gear for his birthday. So we'll have to see what uh, what uh, he gets. But uh, so I'm taking the night off for the boy. And uh, as you, everyone that watches the show knows how close we are. So I need, I need a night off with the boy. So anyone, uh, everyone, have a fantastic weekend. And I'm going to turn it over to the outro here, and we will see you all very soon. Trey, I'll be with you in two seconds. Thanks, everyone. Earth. 
Rock on. Hey, EVH Care TV and Eddie Van Halen fans. If you are like me, you find the time to read books difficult. Why not have it read to you? Grab one of three critically acclaimed Van Halen audiobooks like Van Halen Rising by Greg Renoff, Running with the Devil by Noel Monk, or Everybody Wants Some by Ian Christie, available right now from Audible. Sign up for a free trial with zero obligation to get any one of these three audiobooks today. You can cancel if you wish after your trial membership expires and keep the book. There are many other great titles to choose from as well. Links in the description below, but just remember audibletrial.com slash TV. Click the link below and go grab your first free audiobook. Thank you for listening to this edition of EVH and Gear TV. This episode is being brought to you in part by VanHalenStore.com. Shop VanHalenStore.com for the largest selection of official Van Halen merchandise and memorabilia. Be sure to check out our website at evhgeardiscussion.com for more updates and follow us on social media.